want to give honor to Pastor Jack O'Mary, who's here. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Jack O'Mary? Yeah, God bless you. One of the fathers of our city. God's greatly used him. It's an honor to have you here with us. It's an honor to have all of you here this morning on Easter Sunday. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start reading from verse 22. And we will read through verse 39, and we do have notes for you. I'm going to read from the New International Version. If you're all there, say, Woo! All right, good, good. Just mixing it up. Sometimes I think we get so religious that Christians got their own language. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Enemies bound. God's on the throne. What? Okay. You all there? Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. Go to verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put to death by nailing him to the cross, But God raised him from the dead. Everybody say that. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you did not abandon me to the realm of the dead. And you will not let your Holy One see decay. You made known to him the path, path, you made known to me, pardon me, the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, verse 29, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here today. But he was a prophet and knew that God promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. That he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised him, this Jesus, to life. And we're all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said... The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet. Therefore, verse 36, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter said to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the goodness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise that is for you and your children, and all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord God will call. Heavenly Father, on this celebration of resurrection, we come before you by faith, covered in your precious blood. I thank you for what you're going to do during this service, which you've already done. 
Move in power. Would you ask God to move in your life with power today? Move in power in our lives today. Not a lecture. Not just a religious exercise. Truth. Resurrection power. The gospel, the good news. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have notes. If you don't have those, if you go ahead and slip your hand up, our ushers will bring those to you. All of human history has been affected by what happened on this day about 2,000 years ago. We celebrate, called it Easter, prefer to really call it Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. And when you read the Gospels prior to this text, you realize that Jesus was crucified on Passover, and we call that Good Friday. Every time on Passover, Jews would kill a Passover lamb between noon and three. And then you've got to realize that Jesus was crucified at that very same hour. As the Passover lambs were being killed, so Jesus died on a cross. God's lamb who takes away the sin of the world, John the Baptist said. Who takes away the behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, said John the Baptist. And just as John declared that God sending His Lamb into the world, that whoever would believe on Him, they would give them the right to become children of God. And so on Easter Sunday, on Sunday He rose. And for 40 days He appeared to His disciples. And He ascended, if you look at 3, He ascended and commanded His disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they were filled with power. So 50 days after the Passover is the Pentecost festival where God poured out His Spirit. Peter preaches to the crowd. That's the text that we read. And what a message he preached. What a message he preached. And if we look at Peter's message, look at this text, Peter explains what happened. He explained that Jesus was attested by signs and wonders and miracles, and yet he was turned over to the Jews and to wicked men that he might be crucified in accordance with God's plan. And the core of his message that he preaches found there in verse 34, 23 and 24, pardon me. The core of his message is that the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That is the core of his message. Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. I was worshiping in the front and just so overwhelmed at what God has done for me personally. So my wife and I were weeping. She said, you know, I know this is supposed to be a special day and it is a special day, but I think every day is the resurrection. We found ourselves realizing, my gosh, it's true that God has, has helped us and many of you, I'm sure, that really Easter should be every single Sunday. Every Easter should be every day, never mind Sunday. So the core of his message is the death and resurrection of Jesus. And the disciples of Jesus witnessed the fact that he came back to life. If you look at verse 32. Now, the result of Jesus' preaching is that 3,000 people believed on Jesus. Wow. The resurrection is the central theme to Christianity. Some have said that without the resurrection, we have to, we would not be meeting today. We celebrate Easter, we celebrate the resurrection this Sunday. It is the centerpiece of, of all apostolic preaching throughout Scripture. And if you find yourself in a church where they never preach the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, there's a major problem. I want to walk you through some of these scriptures. Acts chapter 3. 
verse 14 and 15, you disown the Holy and Righteous One and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. The same message, Jesus died and rose again. Witnesses. Same thing that we read from Peter's Peter's preaching. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for this act of kindness shown to this man who was lame, and being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. That He's giving an, excla- an explanation of how this healing could take place. Jesus' death and resurrection. Acts chapter 5 and verse 30. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging Him on the cross. God exalted Him to His own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness of their sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so was the Holy Spirit. My, my, my. Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, we're witnesses. Over and over and over. Acts chapter 10. Now the Gentiles here are brought into this. Acts chapter 10 and verse 39. And we are witnesses of everything that he did in the country of Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone whom believes in him receives forgiveness. Of sins. Acts chapter 13 and verse 30. And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross, laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the, they were, God raised him from the dead, and many days he was seen by those who traveled over and over and over and over. It declares that Jesus died on a cross in accordance with God's plan. It declares that three days later He rose again from the grave. And they declare that they were witnesses. They saw it with their own eyes. The Apostle Paul says that basically without Christianity, without, pardon me, the resurrection, there's no Christianity. Acts 15, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Somebody say, whoa. So, so the resurrection's crucial to, to being a believer. If there's no resurrection, then we're just a foolish religion. But verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, and a first fruits for all who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead comes through another man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Easter is not about the bunny. I know that's shocking to many of you. It is not about Easter eggs. Although, we'll use Easter eggs for bait. In fact, Delta Junction had 250 people at their Easter egg hunt and had a whole mess of people give their hearts to Jesus. And it was a great time. That's, it was exciting. But it is not about the bunny. Come on, somebody say it's not about the bunny. Any more than Christmas is about the Christmas tree. It's not about the bunny. It's not about the eggs. Christianity is about the resurrection. And Christianity is not a set of rules or moral principles that you have to follow. 
Not to say that we don't have them, we do. But you need more than just following a rule book. You and I need more than just obeying a bunch of moral principles. How many of you know the Apostle Paul, or I should say Saul, before he became Paul, how many of you know he followed moral principles? In fact, he says of himself, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he obeyed the law blamelessly, but it wasn't enough. God can't just forgive you because you're a nice guy. God can't forgive you just because you're a nice gal. God can't forgive you just because you're asking Him to. You have to have an understanding of why He forgives you, why He forgives me. God can't just forgive because sin has to be accounted for. Look, let me see if I can explain this just briefly this morning. At the beginning of time, Adam and Eve sinned. And God set up what is called the sacrificial system. The sacrificial system? Yes, the sacrificial system. In fact, if you go back to Genesis 3, you see the fall of man. You see they were naked and they were hiding. And they made fig leaves for themselves. Now, fig leaves are a picture of religion, right? I've done this many times before. You can't make your own righteousness. You can't make a fig leaf to hide your sin. And God Himself sewed animal skins together. I believe, it's a, I believe it's a lamb. And He clothed them. Right from that moment, you begin to see the sacrificial system set in place. And Leviticus says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And you can follow it through history. Many millennia later, John the Baptist would declare, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. What was he saying? He was declaring, Isaiah 53. He was a lamb that was that brought before the shears was silent. So he was for you and I. Pierced for our transgressions. Wounded for our iniquity. Without the resurrection of Christ, there's no Christianity. The resurrection of Christ is a historical event. It's not a fairy tale. It's a historical event. It's a historical event, Pastor? Yeah, it is. And for a moment this morning, we're going to take a look at some of the Proofs of making it a historical event. If I can hold the place this morning of a lawyer, really a pastor, I want to prove to you that the resurrection took place. Jesus, fully God, fully man. And keep in mind, if we look back to our text, that Peter is preaching in the same place that Jesus was crucified. Peter denied Christ. Now, how is it that Peter who denied Christ now comes out full of fire, full of boldness, and preaches till 3,000 people get saved? I don't know, Pastor. Let's think about this. This didn't happen in some faraway land like India. This is right in their backyard. This is where Jesus was crucified. Here are the disciples. They're in an upper room. And you think, well, they're in the upper room because they're praying for the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Yeah, they're terrified. They're totally terrified that they're going to get crucified also. Come on. They're terrified. They're scared that what happened to their Lord, what happened to their Master, their hero, Jesus, might might possibly happen to them. And yeah, they were tarrying. They were waiting. Peter comes out. How How is it that you explain that? Peter denied Christ, but now he's putting his life on the line and preaching Jesus as the risen Lord. Other disciples 
moved from hiding to boldly proclaiming Jesus as Lord. In fact, most of the disciples, the apostles, they died as martyrs. He said, what's significant about that? I'm going to get there. The people knew what he was saying was true. Everybody could walk from where Peter was preaching, they could walk to the empty tomb. Every person could do that. It says not like, oh, and never, never land. It was, they knew where the garden tomb was. They knew Joseph of Arimathea. They knew where he was laid. They knew all of these things were true. It was undeniable. The gospel story is true. There's eyewitnesses, 1 Corinthians 15. 500 people saw him. I've heard, I heard one, I heard one man say, well, it's hallucinations because they were so broken heart. 500 people, would you feed everybody Kool-Aid? 500 people have hallucinations. No, I don't think so. No. It's not a hallucination. The gospels are brutally honest. Now, I share this just about every Easter because it just makes me laugh. The gospels are brutally honest. Now, if I'm going to write a story, if I'm going to write it, I'm going to have, you know, God appear, Jesus appear, or an angel or something to Herod and just make him lose it. I'm going to have, I'm going to have Jesus appear to certain people, freak them out. I'm not going to choose an emotional prostitute to be the first one that finds Jesus risen from the grave. Say, what are you talking about, emotional prostitute? Mary! Never mind being a woman. Now, I'm not prejudiced. We've got women pastors or preachers. Praise the Lord for women. There, all the men said, Amen. But in the first century, you don't choose a woman to testify because they weren't even allowed to. They were not allowed to testify in a court of law. If you were a woman, you've come a long way. Come on, somebody. But if, they were, if you were a female back in the first century, you couldn't have testified about anything. Why would God pick a woman to be the first one to discover that Jesus is risen from the grave? Not just a woman, but a woman who had devils cast out of her. Why? Why would you do that? Because that is exactly what happened. It's truth. It's not a fabricated thing. They were willing to tell the story with all the warts. All the, all the truth about it. But what happened to Jesus' body? Here's a theory. And if you want to write some of these things, it's not in your notes, but you can write them in the blank. Here's one theory. Doesn't hold too much water. It's called the wrong tomb theory. That Romans took the body, or the Jews took the body away, and, and they, they, they put it in a tomb, but the tomb that Mary came to, the tomb that they found with the stone rolled away, was the wrong one. The swoon theory. Now, I, I need to say this. That people, listen, watch this logic. People will die for a lie that they believe is true. But people will not die for a lie they know is a lie. You just won't do that. The swoon theory. Everybody say swoon. The swoon theory. Chief Ezident cited in this support is the theory that the Gospels admit that Jesus was on the cross for a relatively short period of time. And the argument attributes the incompetence or even stupidity of quite a few people. The Romans, for example, failed to make sure that Jesus was actually dead. Now, now i, I got to tell you that Romans go down in history for, for a people that knew how to kill. 
Okay, they, they are known for it. So there, there's no... You, you'd have to attribute the Roman soldiers as way stupid and put their own life on the line. Not going to happen. But the Jews failed to discover this, the deception also. That the Romans took them down alive, really. That the disciples is, were stupid enough to believe that Jesus had raised Himself from the dead. In other words, that Jesus wasn't really dead... But he got up, and then he fooled his disciples. I mean, who taught these people logic? I, 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 I don't know. No, the resurrection was the truth. That's what happened. Jesus died. You know why the stone is rolled away? Can I tell you why the stone is rolled away? It wasn't to let him out. He can walk through stuff. So you and I would see that the stone is rolled away. It was for everybody else. Oh, and the Romans, they put the wrong seal on the wrong tomb, too. Sure. Sure they did. No. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the only way to explain a cursing Peter, a cursing fisherman coming out and preaching till 3,000 people got saved. The resurrection of the dead is the only way to explain that the disciples dying as martyrs. Paul gets stoned and gets up and preaches again. Thomas, the doubter, goes all the way to southern India and spreads the gospel. It's the only way to explain Peter being crucified upside down because he did not consider himself worthy to be crucified the way that the Lord was crucified. How is it that you explain a group of 12 guys turn the known world upside down and you and I are meeting here in Wasilla, Alaska on Easter Sunday if there wasn't a resurrection? No, there was. Come on, somebody said he's risen. Come on, say it, he's risen. I might get happy in a second. Praise the Lord. How the resurrection affects us today. Well, the first thing is we're forgiven. We're forgiven if we've repented of our sin. And the scripture tells us right there in Acts 2 that we need to turn from our sin. Ask Him to forgive us, to come into our life, to wash us, to cleanse us. What does the resurrection mean for you and I this morning? We can be forgiven. Secondly, that heaven is our home. How many of you know you're just in about a 70-year internship? Okay, you're passing through. This, this is not it. Somebody say, that's good news. Come on, that's not good news. But this is training. This is, this is a test. This is training to rule and reign with Him. About 70 years, 80 years, maybe some will live to 100, maybe older. Then you, then you go into the real thing. Come on, there is the millennial reign of Christ. Some people get so upset at their, their, their issues that they're having right now. This is, this is temporal. Temporal means subject to change. Heaven's our home. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can be healed. Look at D. We can be healed and delivered from demon power. And have God's new life thrown through us. What are you talking about, demon power? The enemy is parasitical by nature, meaning that he needs to have a host. And when you yield yourself to sin, you can become, everybody say, you can become. You can become a host for demon power. But because Jesus died on a cross and took the keys of hell, death, and the grave and rose again, demon power can be broken off of you and I. 
Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, Inasmuch as the children have partaken in flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus defeated Satan in the resurrection. If you have bondage in your life today, you can be set free. If you're addicted, afflicted, if you're bound, suffering with depression, Jesus can set you free. Because He rose again from the grave. Romans 6.4 We were therefore buried with Him. With Him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Romans 8.11 And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you who raised Christ from the, from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. I don't know about you, man, but the older I get, the more I get excited about the fact I'm going to get a new frame. Huh? Is anybody else excited about the fact you're going to get a new body? I am. Huh? Huh? Come on. Hey. The fact that my back hurts more than it did many years ago. And I, you know, all, all, I've got the mind of a 20 year old. Well, in some areas. I'm, gl- I'm glad I don't have a mind of a 20 year old in other areas. And all the, all the older folks said, Amen. Because I used to be dumb as a box of rocks. I still have some issues, as my wife could probably tell you about, but I'm just so thankful I'm not as foolish as I used to be. And I know many 20-year-olds here, you're just filled with wisdom. But for me, I'm just, it's difficult. My physical body, however, does not move like it used to 25 years ago. Well, I used to have this strapping, strong chest. And I was looking in the mirror just the other day after I worked out, and I thought, that's all right, I'm doing all right. And then I turned sideways. And I realized I've got Chester's drawer disease. That's when your chest falls in your drawers. Come on. We too will have a new body. Jesus had a new body when he rose again from the grave. You're going to have a new body. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they, death came. Now, death came psychologically. Death came sociologically. Death came spiritually. And death came physically. Death began to start. And, and we're all getting older. Everything that was lost in the garden is purchased back by Jesus because of His resurrection. You're going to get a new body, just like Jesus did. The last thing, as our worship team comes, we can live holy. You can live holy. Who then is the one who condemns, as it says in Romans 8, verse 34? No one. Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. We can live a life that pleases God. We can live a life that pleases God. Why? Because death has no rights over the believer. Because Jesus is alive. Would you embrace what Jesus has done? Would you embrace the resurrection? Embrace it. Yeah, actually, you need to embrace his death. 
Yeah, I know we don't like that part. But without the death, you don't get the resurrection. So if you don't embrace fully what He's done and repent, turn from your wicked ways, you don't get the, you don't get the life and life abundant. Many people want the life abundant, but they don't want to do the death part. What do you mean death? I'm not talking about you physically dying. I'm talking about you dying to yourself. I know many people that want to have the power of God, the power of the resurrection. But they're not into doing the fellowship of His sufferings. And I've got news. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to your, your own fleshly nature. Repent and come to Him. And then there can be resurrection. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus today, you want to give your heart to Him for the first time or make a recommitment all across this place, if that's you. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till next Easter. You say, well, I'm not ready. Yeah, you'll be, the enemy be sure that you're not ready. Oh, look at me for a second. I, I went to, uh, met a man and I bought a, a used camper shell for my truck yesterday. And as I'm talking with him, I began to tell him about the love of God. His eyes began to fill up with tears and he said, I used to go to church. I said, have you ever received Jesus? He said, no. I said, you need to. He said, I'm not ready. I said, well, let me paint a little clearer picture for you. And I, I shared with him that the reason that he was on the planet was to live for God. And that he'll never have a satisfied life apart from him. And I asked him if he believed in Jesus. He said, yeah. I said, do you believe in the resurrection? He said, I haven't read the whole Bible. I said, dude, you don't need to read the whole Bible. Every man is given a measure of faith. And I challenged him. Pressured him just a little bit. But he didn't want to receive Jesus. I told him, you find a church tomorrow. You go to church tomorrow, son. And he was visibly moved. The enemy makes sure you're never ready. Make sure that you just don't have it quite together. No kidding. That's why you have to have a Savior. Hello? All right. Every head raised and every eye open. <laughs> Who wants to get right with God? Do you want to get right with God? And you're serious about it. Stand up on your feet right now. Come on. Praise God. Stand up. You're serious. All right. All right. Come on, church. Get excited. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. You want to get right with God. Want to go all the way with Jesus. All right, how many of you can embrace the resurrection a little better? I'm standing already. Come on. We can serve God with all our hearts. A little bit more. Come on. Get more on fire. All right, good. Well, you guys all walked on water, everybody else, right? Okay, come on. Come on, there's resurrection power for you and I. For those of you that stood on your feet and need to recommit your life or give your heart to Jesus for the first time, let's just pray right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Amen. Holy Spirit, fill and touch your people right now. Jesus' name.
Would you put your hands together for God? Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment? We have a, a special message from uh, our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco. If you would go ahead and play that now. Aloha, I'm Dr. Morocco, your senior pastor. Excited about being able to be with you here on Easter Sunday. And I'm here to encourage you about something that we do every Easter. It's called the Easter Resurrection Offering. The end of every Easter service, we take a moment to worship the Lord in this way. And the reason we do so is because in the Old Testament, as you'll know, God had a calendar, a calendar of blessing. And it revolved around the three festivals, the one at Passover, the Pentecost Festival, Feast of Tabernacles, which was preceded by the Feast of Trumpets. They all have New Testament significance. As you know, Tabernacles may very well be the time when the Lord will return. Pentecost was when God poured out his spirit. And thirdly, of course, Passover is this very time when Jesus died and rose from the dead. And we celebrate what God asked of his people to do in the Old Testament. In Leviticus 23, they were to bring a special or an additional offering. And we do that at this time because we believe that what took place two millennia ago when Jesus rose from the dead, he declared that there's nothing impossible with God. I'm going to ask the ushers right now to step up and to move down the aisles and to hand out envelopes. And I want every one of you to take an envelope. And when you take that envelope, I'm going to ask you to, on the back, write some of the things you're believing God for. Something that may even seem impossible. Because God is able to restore things that were stolen. God is able to intervene, give you breakthrough. God is able to bring about the dreams and visions He's put in your heart. And I want you to write those down on that envelope. And then I'm going to ask you to put into that envelope a special resurrection offering, believing that God is going to do something special for you on this wonderful day. I'm going to ask the site pastor in a moment to come and pray over the offering, but he's also going to take those envelopes and he's going to pray over those as well, believing with you that God's going to do a miracle. I'm thrilled by what God's going to do today. So take advantage of this special moment of God's blessing through the resurrection offering. And I look forward to hearing a great report as to how God has blessed you. It's been a joy to be with you. Look forward to getting to see you in person. And until then, may God richly bless you. Aloha, I'm Dr. Morocco. Amen. Praise God. All right, ushers, would you come? Praise God. Doctor will be with us next Tuesday night. You don't want to miss that. What a preacher. Right here, Tuesday night. All the youth will be downstairs. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you, don't want to, you don't want to miss that. It's a special treat. We have him about once or twice a year. And um, he really is a genuine article, a great man of God. So Tuesday night, 730 right here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. And even as Israel in Leviticus 23 was encouraged to bring us a special offering we do that now and believe that at this resurrection offering you would fulfill resurrection God for things that were dead for family salvation Lord for deliverance and provision bless your people as they give in Jesus name Amen
us as we begin to close. take someone by the hand as we close our service. We'll be having church tonight, 6 o'clock. Pastor Vince Benson from Anchorage will be preaching. He's uh, having our first Sunday morning service in Anchorage this morning. Amen. It's just great. So if you want to catch another service on Easter, you come 6 o'clock. We'll be here. We're so thankful for all that God is doing. Come on, let's just praise the Lord and pray for each other. Father, thank you again for your many blessings, your promises that are yes and amen. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not all your benefits, God. You heal us of all our diseases. Lord, heal those who might be sick this morning, those struggling with infirmity. Lord, we lift up our sister Jaden, and we pray. Lord, you'd heal her, you'd touch her. Lord, we pray for the 425th. Lord, in Afghanistan, you'd continue to protect them, bless them, help them, strengthen them and their families. God, we thank you for the awesome privilege of being your sons and daughters because we've believed. Bless your people. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy Easter.